Our scripture passage today is from the gospel according to Luke. We're looking at chapter 18 and verses 18 to 30. Now before we read this, let's pause for a moment in prayer. Good and merciful Father, Lord, we come to your holy word to these scriptures that you have given us, Lord, written by your prophets and apostles and passed down to us, Lord, that we might know your good will for our life. But Father, we cannot understand what you have written to us here, Lord, unless the same spirit that inspired these words would inspire us now. Lord, we ask your Holy Spirit enter our hearts and minds that as we read it, as we hear, that we may also understand your good will for us. Lord, bless this holy reading of your holy word and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is the gospel according to Luke, chapter 18, verses 18 to 30. Listen now to the word of the Lord. And the ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, All these I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, One thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But Jesus said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And Peter said, See, we have left our homes and followed you. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I got to say, this is a pretty shocking verse that Jesus just delivered to us here. I mean, it's pretty shocking. I mean, it's very blunt and very hard words to take. Right? It is very difficult for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And he even gives us, goes further, gives us this illustration about it. He said, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I know we don't have any camels here in South Carolina. But y'all know camel, right? Camel. And we know eye of a needle. And here he says, easier for this camel to go through this eye of a needle, easier for that to happen than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Those are pretty shocking words. And they can be a little scary too. Because might he be talking about us? Might we be too rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? Well, let me ask you that. How rich is too rich? How rich do you think Jesus was talking about when he said, it is harder, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven? How rich do you have to be until you qualify for this that says it is hard, if not impossible, to enter the kingdom of heaven if you have X amount of money? How much, what does X equal? I mean, certainly somebody like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates. I mean, okay, obviously they are too rich here. He's talking about them. Billionaires, okay, billionaires, easy. You, if you're a billionaire, you qualify. Too rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. What about millionaires? I mean, there are a lot of rich millionaires. But what if you're like you have a, just a million dollars and it's tied up in a 401k and you need that to retire? Is that too rich? I mean, maybe it's doctor and lawyer rich. How about that? Is that, or, or CEO rich? Maybe Jesus was talking about like what percentile you're in. And that's too rich to enter the kingdom. You're in the first 10, 1%, obviously too rich. But what about the 10% or top 20%? Is that, is that too rich? Where, where can you get to the point where you qualify for it is hard for you to enter the kingdom of heaven? Now, maybe Jesus was talking real relatively. Maybe it depends on how rich your community is. If you're one of the richest people in your community, then okay, it's hard for you to enter the kingdom of heaven. Or maybe if you're one of the richer people in the world. Or maybe the richer people in history. You see, this is a tough, tough question. I mean, who is Jesus talking about? How rich do you have to be until you get this threat on you, this danger that you can't enter the kingdom of heaven? I'll put another twist on it for you. This, this man who Jesus was talking to, and Jesus told him to sell everything, it said that he became very sad because he was excessively wealthy or he had great riches. But this same story told in Matthew and Mark, when we hear this story, it says that he was sad because he had many possessions. He had lots of stuff. See, back then, wealth wasn't measured in money. It wasn't a, a, a big cash society. Wealth was measured in the things that you had. So if Jesus is talking about the things we have, like too rich is having too much stuff, we probably all qualify. I mean, who in America doesn't have a lot of stuff? I mean, who here, when you go to your house and open your cabinets, it's not full of food. And if it's not full of food, it's full of plates and cups. And you got so many cups you don't know what to do with you got all the silverware, all the pots and pans, just everything's busting out. And yes, I know that it's all you need it. You know, you can't live without that mandolin. When you go in your closet, in your drawers, they full of clothes? They full of shoes? Do you even know all the shoes that you have? Are there some shoes that you've had for so long that are back there, you've forgotten they even exist? What about how many fishing poles do you have? How many guns do you got? How much ammunition? Are, are you like me that you've got so much stuff in your house in my garage I can't fit cars because I got my junk in my garage? I mean, we make a big business in this country, in this county, of storage facilities. 
In fact, the only thing you see more of in storage facilities is Dollar Generals. <laughs> and you know why we need storage facilities? Because we have too much stuff. We have so much stuff, our big houses can't fit all our stuff, so we got to rent a place out to put our stuff in. I think we might all qualify as being men and women who have also, like this rich young man in the story today, many possessions. Now, I don't say this today to scare you, okay? And I'm certainly not saying this to condemn you, to say that you're too rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. I just don't want you to think that this verse has nothing to do with you. See, when we, our temptation when we hear this, that it's difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's so difficult, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Our, our immediate reaction to this is, well, it's not about me, I'm not rich. I mean, I got my problems, believe me, but too much money is not one of them. I want to tell you the truth about this passage today. The truth about this passage is this passage is not about money. It's not. We get all confused and, and, and mixed up with it. We think he's talking about having too much money. This passage today is not about money. This passage is about your heart. That's what Jesus is talking about. It's about your heart. It's about what you love most in life and how that compares to your love for Jesus. And if there's anything you have in life that you love more than Christ, you're too rich. If there's anything in your life that you love more than Christ, you are too rich. See, what Jesus is talking about today is rivals to God. Any and everything that threatens your devotion to God, anything that you might have in your life, possession or otherwise, that has you breaking that first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Well, this, this uh, command or this story that Jesus gives us today, it, it begins with, the, with a question. It says a, a ruler, and we know that he's a rich ruler because later on it tells us he's rich. This ruler comes up to ask Jesus a question. And it's the question that's burning on everyone's mind, the question everybody wants to know. He says, good teacher, what must I do to gain eternal life? So what do I need to do to get saved? What do I need to do to get to heaven? Everybody wants to know that. And so Jesus turns his question back into a question on him. He says, why do you call me good? He says, the only, only person that's good is God. He's the only one that's good. And he says that, by, by, what he means by that is, you already know what is good. You know God is good, and God has already told you what to do. Why do you got to come to me? The good God has already answered this question for you. You know what to do. You know the commandments. You've been given them. Do not steal, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not bear false witness. These are the things that you must do to gain eternal life. And the man answers, check, check, got it, done. Not only do I do those things, I've done them from my youth. From the time I was a small child, I've kept these commandments. I've done them all. Anything else? She said, yeah, one thing. You only lack one thing. As in, you're close. Oh, man, you are so close. You only have to do one thing. All you have to do 
sell everything you have, give the money to the poor, and then come and follow me. That's it. We got a problem here. We got a problem here. He can't do this. And see, he had everything else. He had it all. Perfect candidate for a disciple for Jesus. He was Jewish. He loved the Lord. He followed the law. He wanted to know more. He was thirsty and hungry to know more about what he needed to do. He had done right. He had done it all. There was one thing he hadn't done. Only one thing that he hadn't done yet. And that was to follow Jesus. That's exactly what Christ told him to do. You only lack one thing. You just got to follow me now. That's the only thing that's missing in your life. And it was in that request that they found an issue. He was vetting his candidate. Something crept up. This man had too much wealth. He had too much stuff. How much is too much? If he can't give it up. If he can't give it up for the sake of Christ, it's too much. See, the, the too much that Jesus is talking about has nothing at all to do with quantity. He's not talking about quantity at all. What he's talking about is your level of attachment. That's what Christ is talking about here. This, this, this too rich to enter the kingdom of heaven, having too much to enter the kingdom of heaven. This, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for something with this amount of wealth to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's all about your level of attachment. Because if you love anything more in your life than you love Christ then you're too rich. If you have anything in your life that keeps you effectively from being a disciple of Christ and from following Christ and from obeying Christ, you are too rich. Let me break it down for you with a, uh, a hypothetical situation. Let's say you have a billionaire. I mean, just a multi- crazy rich billionaire he's got houses all over the world they're giant each one of your his could fit like 10 of your houses in it he's got a fleet of like luxury cars he's got helicopters and planes and private islands and dons on the finest food i mean just the richest person you can imagine and if jesus comes to that kajillionaire and says give it up and come and follow me and if he can give it up then he's not too rich. That billionaire with all the money in the world says, yes, take it, please take it. I want you to have it. And I'm going to follow you wherever you go. He's not too rich. But then suppose he has a brother that lives in this mud hovel somewhere in the woods and he's got one pair of ratty clothes that he has on his back and he only has one dime that's all dirty and nicked and beaten up. And this brother, that's all he has. And Jesus says, I need you to give that up and come follow me. And he says, I can't. Then he's too rich. The billionaire isn't too rich. But the pauper living in the woods, if he can't give it up for the sake of Christ, is too rich. See, it's not really a money problem. It's a heart problem. It's not a money issue or a wealth issue at all. It's always going to be a heart issue. If you love anything more than Christ, you have a heart problem. 
If you can't, there's anything that you can't give up for the sake of Christ, then you have a heart problem. If anything, anything that you love is interfering with you following Christ and being an effective disciple and you won't give it up, you have a heart problem. See, for the rich man in this story, it was money. His money and his possessions kept him from following Christ. And he meant he was too rich. Because that money kept him from following Christ. It wasn't about the money at all. It was about following Jesus. And it could be anything. It doesn't have to be money. It could be anything in your life that's keeping you from being an effective disciple, anything that's keeping you from following Christ, and that will make you too rich. Maybe it's your, your internet habits. Your internet habits are, are keeping you from being an effective disciple. You can't give it up. You're too rich. Maybe college football gets you crazy every Saturday. It makes you an awful person. Every time you see the Gamecocks lose, you just go out of your mind. You treat everybody around you terribly, but you can't give it up. You're too rich. Maybe social media has got you saying things and doing things that you don't want. Maybe it's got you too addicted that you're ignoring the rest of your life around you, and you can't give it up. Guess what? You're too rich. If there's anything like that that you have in your life that you can't give up, then you're too rich. It could be some people that you hang out with. Can't give them up. It could be some bad habits that you can't give up for the sake of Christ. You're too rich. Or maybe something's keeping you from church on a regular basis. I don't know, like the lake. Or kids' sports. If you can't give it up, maybe you're too rich. To be a disciple of Christ means Christ must come first in our life. It means that he have, you have no other rival to our life than Christ Jesus. First command says, you shall have no other gods before me. And you know what? God admits something freely here. He'll tell you, I'm jealous. I'm the jealous type. And I will not tolerate you having any other God but me. You would have no other rival in your heart besides me, whether that rival is money or ideology or even family. There can be no rival in our hearts to our love and commitment to Jesus Christ. So if there is, you're too rich. So the people gathered here, they, they hear Jesus saying this, and they ask a question that's kind of funny to us. After Jesus tells them how hard it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven, he says the people around there say, well, then who can be saved? And, and that sounds strange to us because we've lived in 2,000 years of tradition of being taught and told that, that wealth is a threat to our religious and spiritual development. But to these early hearers, they didn't have that idea. See, for them, riches and wealth was a sign of God's favor, like God gave 
wealth and riches to those who are virtuous and good and moral and follow the law. And if you had a lot of money and you had a lot of stuff, that meant God favored you. So Jesus coming and telling them that it's hard for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven, the disciples are thinking, well, wait a minute. If these blessed and good people can't make it in, what about the rest of us? What, kind of, what chance do we have? And so they say, well, who, who can be saved then? And I want you to notice Jesus' answer to this. And not what he says, but what he doesn't say. Okay, Jesus doesn't tell you, well, the opposite of the rich are the ones that can make it into heaven. He doesn't say it's the poor or the weak or the meek that can make it into heaven. Jesus answers with human beings, with man, it is impossible. But with God, it is possible. See, he works from the assumption that it is difficult, if not impossible, for anyone to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why does he assume that? Because Jesus knows that every living human being is too rich. In one way or another, we are all too rich. Jesus works from the assumption, no, not the assumption, the, the knowledge and the certainty that we all keep rivals to God in our heart. Every one of us. Every one of us, we all have that one thing, at least one, some more than one. We all have at least one that we're reluctant to give up. That one thing that we are just loath to part with because it will just hurt too much. See, Jesus knows that the human heart is fickle. It is. It's, it's fickle. And truth be told, I'll be honest, there, there's some days that I feel like I could give everything up for the kingdom. There's some days where I just feel that in my heart, that if Jesus were to come to me and ask me to give it up, I would say, just take it. I would give it up gladly. But if I'm speaking honestly, there's other days, I'm not sure I could give up an old pair of shoes. I mean, you never know when I might need them. These make great gardening shoes. He just, and Jesus knows this. God knows the, the fickleness and the frailty of the human heart. That's why he says what is impossible with man is possible with God. He's not telling us anything we don't know. What he's telling you is you can't save yourself. You cannot or are incapable of saving yourself. We're helpless to save ourselves because the very thing that we need saving, which is our heart, is the same thing that keeps making all these wrong decisions in our life and loving all the wrong kinds of things. So how can a broken heart save itself? But what's impossible with man is possible with God. Rich or poor, weak or strong, popular or reviled, only God can save us from our own broken hearts. Of course, with less stuff, there's less attachment. It should be easier, but it's not always. It remains impossible with us, and it's only possible with the help of Christ. Salvation belongs to our Lord, and with salvation, the kingdom of heaven, and with the kingdom of heaven, the immense treasures from the storehouse of heaven. 
You know, I think all of us read this passage with a bit of fear in the back of our head. We read this with a little fear that maybe one day Jesus might make the same request of us that he made to this rich young ruler. I think we're afraid that one day Jesus will come to us and ask us to give up what we treasure and love most of all, to give it up, to come follow him. Well, today I want to confirm this fear for you. He will do it. One day Jesus will come and ask you to give up whatever it is that you treasure most for the sake of following him. He's going to ask. And we need to always be ready to give that up for the sake of our Lord and Savior. And truth be told, one day he's going to ask you to give everything up. And when I say everything, he's going to ask you to give up everything, not just your money, not just your possessions. He's going to ask you to give up your family, and he's going to ask you to give up everything that you have loved here on planet Earth. He's even going to ask you to give up your life and to trust him with it. It's the fate of us all. One day Christ will come and ask us to give up our earthly life to go and be with him. And we have to be ready to give all of it up for his sake. But on that day, that day when Christ calls us home, that day when we give it up all and just when it seems that we've been reduced to nothing, that is the day that we gain more than our earthbound hearts and our earthbound minds ever believed was possible. And that's the day we realize that all the things we loved here on earth are nothing but cheap treasures compared with the riches of knowing Christ our Lord. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.